Hello and welcome to Little Things with Amber L.B. Swenson. I am super glad you're here today. I'm happy to be with you and I am pretty passionate about the thing that we're going to talk about. Today's episode is called My Stop Doing List. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I have been writing and teaching Bible studies for the past 15 years. I've worked with women, youth, Sunday school. I've been blogging for Time of Grace since 2017. I've written two books for them. Really what you need to know is that I love the Lord and I love the Word of God. And I find that the deeper I go into the Word of God, the more astounded I am that He loves us and that He notices us and that He cares so deeply about our lives. And my role is really to get people into the Word and to show them how awesome it is and to really get them to a place that they want to know and love God more. That's kind of my mission in life in a nutshell. And we're going to do things completely backwards today because we're going to start with a quote and then we're going to go into the Bible from there. But just to set up today's um, program, I just want to let you know that back a couple months ago, I guess, there was a, um, I needed to do something that I didn't know how to do. And so like most of you, I looked up a YouTube video and of course one video leads to another, which leads to another. And I ended up watching this woman's videos and um, somehow or another, I got on some sort of um, motivational video by her. And one of the things she said to do is to make a to-do list every night before you go to bed and make sure that you have you know, one or two or three things that are super important on that to-do list that you make sure you get done. And then, you know, the rest are things that if you have time, you'll get to them. And so I thought that was a great idea. I'm, I'm a list person anyway. I love lists. I'd love to cross things off of lists. And so I got busy right away. As soon as I was done with that video, I made my list of the three things I wanted to get done the next day, went to bed. And in the middle of the night, I woke up And I couldn't think about anything except for those things that I needed to get done. And so after rolling around for about an hour, an hour and a half, I um, got up and got my to-do list done by about 4 a.m. Didn't get much sleep. I realized I probably should put sleep on my to-do list after that. Um, So I have kind of gotten away from the to-do list recently. Um, even though I, 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 like I said, I'm a total list person. I love lists and I love crossing things off lists and I love to be sarcastic in my lists. I love to make lists that say, get up and make a cup of coffee. And <laughs> I love to cross those things off. So anyway, um, I'm all about the lists. But I came across a quote the other day by a woman whose name is Patty Dye, I think. It's P-A-T-T-I-D-I-G-H. And her quote says this, sometimes our stop doing list needs to be bigger than our to do list. And it just kind of hit me in the heart because that is really where I've been at lately. And even maybe for the past year, I've been studying the book of Matthew with um, my women's Bible study at church. We're going very slowly through the book of Matthew, spending a lot of time on it. And Oh, there's so much. I mean, the Beatitudes and Jesus teaching. I mean, there's so much and he really gets to the heart of things and you realize how many things you, you're you doing that are meaningless or not, um, they don't have the spiritual value. 
that you want to be placing on the things in life that you're doing. And so Matthew has really been speaking to my heart. And in my own personal Bible study, I've been reading through the book of Genesis. And, you know, as you read about Noah and Abraham and Jacob and Joseph, I mean, you just see so many things that you you just think, oh, man, if they could have just not done this, their life would have been so much easier and it would have gone in a different direction. And, of course, that's why God put it in the Bible is for us to learn. So... I also have been trying to recognize the things in my life that are distractions and that just weigh me down and and the things that I need to stop doing. So I'm going to share my very personal stop doing list with you today. And some of these may be things that you want to stop doing, but some of them may have no bearing on your life whatsoever. So number one on my stop doing list is um, sports. And again, this is commentary on my life. I'm not trying to, you know, make a sweeping generalization about sports in general, just about um, the sports that my family participated in. So we have four children in my family, and we always had the rule that you could only be in one sport per season. And even so, there were seasons that were extremely hectic. You know, when you have three different kids on three different basketball teams going in three different directions is just a lot of time in the car. It's a lot of time at practices. It's a lot of time at games. It's, it's very hectic and frantic. And, um, my daughter's last year at her, um, Christian day school where she attended, we just decided we weren't going to do basketball the, um, for her eighth grade year. And so we, we really talked about it as family. There was multiple reasons why we had decided not to do it. And during that time, we, re- we really realized how much we had missed by having our kids participate in sports. We missed time as a family, sitting down and eating a meal together. Um, we missed doing family devotions together on a nightly basis. You know, sometimes one person would be there or, or one person would be missing, I should say, um, we missed doing things at church together because we were busy, you know, at a tournament over the weekend or whatever. And so we just really realized that sports had taken a lot of time away from our family that we weren't necessarily thrilled about. Now, I have to say that when one of my children, you know, loves a sport, I'm all about it. I want them to try it. And I'm also all about exercise. I exercise five days a week and I am constantly telling my kids to go on a bike ride or go on a walk or um, go outside and play or go do something, help me clean or, or work in the garden or, or whatever because I don't I don't like uh, and I'm not trying to get my kids to live a sedentary life. Um, but what we did realize is that the other thing um, that we've noticed is that there are, there is such an emphasis put on sports. And in doing so, we miss out on a lot of other good things like music. Um, we don't have such an emphasis on music in our society that we do in sports. You know, children are really encouraged to participate in a sport, but maybe not so much to be in a choral group or to really um, get into their piano and have places that they can, um, use that talent and that gift and ability. 
uh, volunteering is another thing that <laughs> kind of falls by the wayside. And um, so anyway, in my own family, we've noticed that um, by giving up the sports that we could be in, um, we gain a lot of family time and even we save money and that type of thing. Um, so that's just something that we've noticed. And then, you know, as kind of the 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 interesting thing from that is that I found that, you know, when we suggested that our kids maybe give up some sports or um, not participate in some activity, they really were not heartbroken. It was almost like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I don't really care. I can do it or not do it. And And then I think, well, why am I spending all this time running around if they don't care one way or the other? It's kind of funny that way. Just this last week, um, three of my kids, I have two in high school and one in uh, junior high, they were going to be in ski club. All three of them had decided they were going to. And when the final prices came out, I realized it was going to be about $500 per person for them to go skiing six times. And so I said to them, you know, that's like a lot of money for six times skiing. So um, do you guys want to do that? Or, you know, would we rather spend that money elsewhere? And we as a family decided pretty easily and pretty quickly that we would rather put that money elsewhere. So when I bring the kids into the conversation, I've noticed that some of these things that I thought were super important to them maybe aren't that important to them. They'll do them if there's nothing else to do. But if I give them options or if I really delve into why are you doing that, they may choose differently. So that's all I'm going to say about sports. (laughs) Yeah, some of you are saying, thank God. Uh, The second thing on my stop doing list is gossiping. And I have to say, I I don't think I was um, necessarily ever a malicious gossiper who, you know, was... um, prone to calling people up and saying, hey, have you heard about this? That that wasn't the trap that I fell into. Um, my trap that I fall into uh, sometimes is wanting to set the record straight. So, oh, I get myself into conversations where someone was talking about some something or someone, and clearly they didn't have all the insider knowledge. And so they were, you know, speaking about things that they knew, but not knowing the whole story. And I would feel compelled to say, well, you know, that's not really the truth. The truth is so-and-so really feels this way or so-and-so is, you know, has been doing this and that's why we can't do that anymore or whatever. And um, I've come to realize that that is a form of gossip and it's not necessary. So it's not my job to broadcast the behind the scenes play by play. Um, if it's behind the scenes, there might be a reason. And it's okay to let people be in the dark and to think what they need to think and let God work it out in his own time, in his own way. And let me tell you, it has been a process for me to get to the place that I'm at. This is not an overnight thing. This is a process, time in the word, um, living things realizing that, you know, I don't I don't need to set the record straight. I can leave the record in God's capable hands and let him set the record straight when he wants to set the record straight. And um, the other part of that is just realizing uh, one of my friends said to me, um, you know, sometimes it's just not your news to tell. And that 
has really stuck with me because there are times that you know good news or you know news, whatever it is. And you have to ask yourself, am I the one who should be telling this news? So let's just say somebody is pregnant. It's a super happy thing. They've, you've got a couple, a married couple who's been trying for a while and, and it's great news. Are you the one to tell everybody that news? Or should the expectant parents tell that news? Or, you know, a pastor or teacher has a call. Are you the one who should be telling everybody whether he or she took the call? Or should the congregation hear from someone else? I mean, just those little things of really asking yourself, are you the one to tell this news? I think that's really helped me um, keep a better check on my tongue and what comes out of it. So that's another thing on my stop doing list. Worrying is a huge one. And I think because I'm a mom, worrying is a super easy sin to fall into. And yet scripture tells us to trust in the Lord with all our heart and not to lean on our own understanding. Jesus said, can you add an hour to your life by worrying? And he even says, do not worry. He commands us not to. Peter says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Um, As a mom, I can worry like nobody's business. I can worry all day. I can worry all night. I can get together with other moms and worry. I can text them their worry after I get home and find something else to worry about. So, I mean, um, I've really had to just make a concerted effort to put the worry on the back burner. And instead, when I have something that I'm really nervous or start worrying about, I try to remind myself that this is not something that I control. And if I don't control this, then it's not for me to worry about. It's really something I have to give to God. And that is the reaction that needs to take place. I need to bring all these things to God. And so instead of worrying, I just need to say, God, I certainly have no control over this. So I'm going to put this in your very capable hands because you do have control over it. And um, I pray about a lot of things. I pray a lot of th- about a lot of things in my life, in my children's life, um, in the church, and um, many other things. And I've learned that I... Uh, I don't have to carry that burden of worrying. I can, I can give my worries and my problems to God, and then I don't have to worry, and I don't have to stress everybody else out with my worry, which is a good thing. Complaining is another thing that as a family we are trying to stop doing. You can always find something to complain about. It doesn't matter. Um, how many blessings you have, you can find something to complain about. So we are trying as a family, instead of complaining, to be grateful. And I'm not saying that flippantly. I'm saying to be grateful even in the midst of some dark places. Um, We have some very close people in our lives who have cancer. And we have been able, as we walk through those um, many, many difficult days, we have found things to be grateful for. We are grateful for good surgeons and good treatment options and that really great nurse who has been so uplifting. And whatever it is that we're dealing with, whether it is a cold, 
um, just feeling a little bit under the weather or a really serious issue, we can be grateful for something. And facing whatever it is we're facing with gratitude really turns it on its head. Instead of um, kind of rebelling uh, against where we are, we're saying, God, I don't really like this situation or whatever it is that I'm in, but I know that you're here and I know that you're still providing. And so I'm just going to recognize that you're here and I'm going to be thankful for the ways that you are providing. And um, it really turns that whole attitude around and it changes the mood of things in a really positive way. So for our family, it's been a good thing to really confront the complaining and um, try not to do it. Um, one or two more things that are on my stop doing list. Um, making my fortune here is one of the things I really am kind of done with the whole gathering things here. And I'm realizing that the more I have, the more distractions I have. And I don't want any more distractions. I want to be part of a family and I want to live in a house where I'm not constantly weighed down by things. And because of that, I um, I just I don't want to gather anything anymore. I don't want things, um, even as a family, where instead of at Christmas and birthdays and Mother's Day, instead of getting things, we're really into um, having experiences and spending time together And I want my house to be a place where people can come and find solace and where we can talk about the word and they maybe get a meal. And so I don't want to be weighed down with things anymore. And so um, we're really trying as a family to stop collecting more and instead to be more present and, and to experience things and to be really open to people and to having them over and just enjoying their company. And the last thing that I'm trying to do and what I have on my stop doing list is making excuses. I have found that a lot of times the Spirit prompts me to do things and um, to, to do a good work of whatever kind. It goes through my mind to write a letter to somebody or to check in on someone or, you know, you can make this person a meal and I'm sure they would really enjoy it. And I have a million excuses of why that won't work. But as I stop making excuses and as I grab onto those thoughts as they come through my mind, um, I'm really finding that is the spirit. As I follow through on those things, people are telling me, um, it's amazing that you reached out today. I really needed to hear from you or I needed to hear that. And it really means the world to me. So I'm trying to quit making excuses when it comes to doing the things of God, and I'm trying to follow the Spirit's prompting as He prompts me to do things. And um, that's, that's, a, that's a work in progress because I'm really good at excuses, and I'm really good at putting my own to-do list first, and so I'm trying to be better about that. I think when you read the Word of God, you find what God's to-do list includes. And it's pretty simple, actually. Micah 6.8 says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. God really just wants to walk with you. 
and he um, just wants you to make him part of your life. And that that's reading the Bible, and that's praying, and that's being open to do um, the things that he puts in front of you to do. And so I think if we would stop filling up our to-do list and instead just be open to God's to-do list, our life might look considerably different than it looks right now. Um, so that's today's program. And I hope it really makes you think. I know this is, like I said, over the past year, I've been really struggling with a lot of these things and trying to go back to the Lord in prayer and in his word and trying to really get to God's heart on things so that I can emulate that and walk with him better and care about the things he cares about more instead of filling up my life with all the things that I think should matter because far too often I've found that the things that I'm filling my life up with um, aren't, aren't things of lasting value. So um, we'll all work on this together. In the meantime, this is little things because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. If you enjoyed this program, please remember to like it and subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. And remember, Time of Grace is listener supported. So we covet your prayers and your financial contributions.